Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. We're back for season eight. Season man, eight! How we've missed you guys. Uh, hopefully you've hung with us through the, the off-season, if you will, with our That's other right. escapades. The post-season. That's right, the post-season. So as we release this, I'm about to go to my First NFL game of 2021. Oh. So August preseason starts. We're going to see the Eagles. We're recording this a little earlier. That's the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles so we don't have to bleep That's it. right. You can say the. We're not talking about the band. Yeah. Going to see the Eagles, and I'll have, I have five stadiums left, so that'll be the first one of this year. But this song is basically my heart for professional football, getting back into action. <laughs> oh, how I've missed you, NFL football. Oh, how I've missed you, Great Song Podcast. Yeah. And uh, man, so w- question. So would you rather... Go to an NFL playoff game mm-hmm. that matters, but not a Super Bowl. So okay. like a playoff game, a Braves game at the end of the season, mm-hmm. but not a playoff game, okay. or a Stanley Cup hockey final. Okay, hockey's out. So even that it's a final. Yeah, I don't, you care. don't care. Okay, I don't so care enough. Playoff football game that matters, but it's not the Super Bowl, or a Braves game at the end of the season that's not quite the playoffs. Does the Braves game matter? Sure. Or like, are we still in the race? Still in the running. Braves game. Okay, cool. Yeah. Outstanding. I've, a- I've been to an NFL playoff game, oh, and I really enjoyed fancy. it. I okay. went to I went to uh, uh, Cowboys, maybe? Lions, Cowboys. Look at that. Um, and That's it was a great game. Really super enjoyed it, but give me baseball. Okay. Give me baseball. Okay. All right. Listen, this song is huger than huge. It's cross-genre. It's massive selling hugely popular. I can't wait to talk about it. There's so much to talk about today. And you know we always come out the gates with something epic. That's so right. we're bringing it. So I can't can't think of a bigger, better song to start an, a, a new season with than Need You Now by Lady A. Hey, good. during that one <laughs> we it, normally say something it, it feels so good <laughs> i mean this song is absolute perfection as a song as a production as a record just impeccable uh this song is and apparently the world agreed because it 
just blew up, went all over the place. And we didn't even tell you guys at the beginning, but please hang around to the end. Yeah. Because we're hanging out with Dave Haywood of Lady A. Yeah. Man, I can't believe it. We're, uh, we've somehow suckered a bunch of people into thinking that we matter. And so, uh, you know, we've gotten to speak with, you know, this whole litany of people who we greatly respect, who should have absolutely no respect for us, <laughs> but for whatever reason have decided to come on the show. So, yeah, stick around. We've got Dave Haywood from Lady A. Yeah, we outkicked our coverage this week for sure. Yeah, but. for sure. Great interview. Really fun to have on the Super show. Super guy. He gets it. He was one of us. It, it Really a lot of fun. So stick around for that. Uh, let's see. Need You Now by Lady A from the 2010 album Need You Now, uh, written by Lady A and Josh Keir. Let's talk, let's talk about, this is going to take 10 minutes just talking about charts and awards here. It went to number two on the Billboard Hot 100 as a country song from a country band. Went to number two on the overall Hot 100. Went to number one on the Billboard Hot Country Songs for five weeks. Number one on the Billboard Mainstream Top 40. Number one Billboard Adult Contemporary. Top five in Canada, Ireland, New Zealand, top 10 all over the place. Uh, it won Grammys for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Country Song, and Best Country Performance by a duo or group with vocals. This song won the Grammy for Song of the Year and Record of the Year. Wow. That means that of all the music put out that year, the, the Grammy uh, committee, the the whatever the, you know, the recording arts, whatever it's called, uh, committee, um, said this was not only the best written song of the year, but it was the best recorded song of the year. So that's what we were saying at the beginning. It's perfect as a song. It's perfect as a piece of production. It is flawless. There's nothing um, it's bulletproof, as Dave Barnes would say. Absolutely bulletproof. As LaRue would say, bulletproof. As, yes, that's right. As, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, let's see. So uh, also won the Academy of Country Music Single of the Year and Song of the Year. So it got the same two kinds of recognition from the ACM and Grammys. Uh, CMT Group Video of the Year, number one AC Song of the Year from Billboard, number two Hot 100 Song of the Entire Year, number three Adult Top 40 Song of the Entire Year. It is a number eight, number 68 song for the entire decade of the 2000s. Um, so I, I guess of the 2010s, actually. 2010s, um, because it was yeah, because it was twenty ten, so it was right on that right on that line. I wonder actually how they do that. If they it's one to, to ten, or if it's one to eleven. Yeah, exactly. Was it two thousand to two thousand nine? And then, oh, I see what you mean. And yeah. then 2010 to 2019. I actually don't know that. So maybe I can follow up on Anyway, it's big. It's big. Big old darn song. <laughs> um, that it, Anytime you have a country song that crosses over into pop territory like that, anytime that you know that a song is really reaching people. And this is a song that uh, is, you know, has sort of a universal – Almost everybody has had like a breakup where you get the temptation to make this phone call. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This is a this is a late night temptation um, that could lead to any number of bad decisions. Right. Uh, but it's like <laughs> you know, let's just see what happens. I you know, it's a quarter after one, uh, and let's just I'm just going to make the phone call and just see what happens. Now, ten years later from when this released, that might result to a text versus a phone call, but it's the sure. same concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's yeah. Now this song, this song would be a lot shorter, and it would just be called "You Up." <laughs> <laughs> 
it would just be it would be a uh, uh, it would be a TikTok that's meme, funny. and it would just be called "You Up." Um, <laughs> that'd be so funny, dude. Just a country, uh, a country like uh, reimagining or of this or something In like twenty eleven. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Okay, um, let's see. I, I'm just going to talk about some stuff I just love Do about it. this song. You, you roll with it, man. I, I just listened through to it a, a couple more times and just wrote down some of my favorite stuff about it. So um, the vocals on the chorus. I love the way that they they drive. So the the drive of this song, everything is very on beat. And that bass line, doom, 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 doom. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then the vocals, a lot of the vocals in the chorus are off the beat. They're mm-hmm. syncopated. Um, and so it's it's a quarter after one. I'm all alone and I need you now. Right? It's they're 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 uh, pushing in those in between beats and really giving it some extra energy that way. I love that. Um, the slide guitar work yes. on this song is so great. It is perfect. It really conveys like longing, a sense of longing. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a, a good, we might've talked about this before, but a good slide guitar or a good like pedal steel even is like the closest you can get to recreating the human voice with an instrument. You know what I mean? It really is. And um, so it really conveys this, it's almost like another vocalist in the song. You've got the three members of Lady A, but then you've also got this slide guitar that's just crying the whole song. You know what I mean? And it's just beautiful. It's just perfect. Go back again and listen to this whole song and only focus on the, only focus on that lead guitar. It is just beautiful. Um, and then they had the forethought to throw in a solo section with it, which is just so, so good. Uh, lyrically, you get the story of this song immediately. Line number one, picture perfect memories scattered all around the floor. That says, you know exactly what's going on from the drop. Yeah, a- exactly. I love it. And I also love that verse melody because it's like, it's almost a playful teasing kind of melody you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's almost like a kid's rhyme that you know it's almost a nanny nanny boo boo or whatever which is really funny for this kind of if you think about this phone call that's being made right it's like i'm gonna bounce this ball over here and see if it bounces back you know it's just sort of a it's kind of a tease Uh um and so i i love that i don't know if that was intentional or if it just kind of works out and then the so okay let me see how to explain this. The 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 chorus melody is the it starts with the same two not the same two notes but the same two scale degrees in relation to the chord as the verse does. So like just over a different chord. So for example, our opening chord for the verse is the four chord, okay? So here's our root note for the song. This is the key of the song, which is I don't even know, D maybe. Um I don't know, I'd have to check. But uh, it sounds like a D, D flat. But um, anyway, so... It's an E. It's an E. Okay, okay. So I'm off. Um, so we've got this as the root, or th- this anyway is where the song is. I don't know why I didn't just put it somewhere in my regular <laughs> range. Anyway, we've got this. Okay. But the verse starts on the four. Okay. And so here's... Which the, would be an A chord. Which would be an A chord. Okay. The four, one, two, three, four. And then the melody is... Five six five six five three five six five six five one three right so it starts with five six five six five which is if you're in A it's really the two and three of the key of A okay. are you feeling me so if we're over an A chord it's a B C sharp 
There's your A chord. Okay. Then you get to the chorus, and it's over the one chord. Over an E here. One chord, and your first two notes are. It's a quarter after one. It's the two and three so that will be of the one chord. F sharp, G sharp. That's right. And over an E. Okay, so you feel me what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's, it's starting on That's that, what would technically be the nine and the three, which is the same combination of notes you have, just in a different spot. I think that's really interesting because over the one chord, it has a totally different, not a totally different, but it it, it just lands in a different um way but still pulling on the melody that you're already comfortable with in a way that's good um i like that so yeah. it's really interesting and it opens up in the chorus in a different way the way i know it's an e is we even talked with dave about this he's got a cool video online that he shows right. how he plays it where he actually capos it on four mm-hmm. and plays in c so that's the only that's thing right correct know. yeah good call perfect use in the chorus of the minor three chord which is a chord that I underrepresent in my own writing. I always the 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 three minor chord is um is like the you know the forgotten chord for me. I don't ever I hardly ever use it. Uh, but they really which in E would be would be a the G sharp, G sharp minor. minor. Yeah, so go around to one. I'm all alone and I need you now. That chord um is just really the way the melody just lands on it perfectly and outlines that chord i just love it um so glad they did it because i would have never done it it's if i write the song that chord doesn't happen there um here's something else about this song and i'm sure this was intentional but it also so happens that it leads back to the intro the first chorus lands back on the four okay so i just need you now four okay and it goes back to the intro Mm -hmm. um but landing on the four leaves the chorus a little bit unresolved. unresolved. It's open. Yeah. yeah. It's and so it's, it's this whole thing of this phone call and waiting to see this tension of, you know what I mean? What's, 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 what's going to happen here? What's this phone call going to bring about? And so, um, I just think that's really cool later in the song when it goes after the second chorus, it lands on the six and goes to like the solo section. And then at the very end of the song, the very last time it lands on the one and they kind of chorus out, play it. And it's a much more resolved. I just need you boom landing there. And it has a, has a different, you know, a big kind of outro thing, uh, going. I love that. Um, and then the very last pre-chorus is short. Let me play the last pre-chorus of this okay. uh, track because they're like, just get me back to that glorious chorus. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the uh, the pre-chorus, pre-chorus says before are like this. And I wonder if I ever cross your mind. Love that third harmony coming in right there. Then another line, short line. Happens all the time. It's a quarter. Uh. Okay, the drum fills in this song are beautifully simple too. The, the, I, you'll, I'm, you're going to tell us who played drums on this in a minute, and they did not overplay one bit, and it is glorious. I think the last chorus it's just a boom, and then into the oh, it's so beautiful. So the last pre-chorus is half that. They don't even bother with with that second line. Isn't that freaking crying guitar, man. Yes, Come on, dude. <laughs> They're just like, you know what? There's no time for more lyrics. We got to get back to that okay. chorus. It's everything. Everything. 
Okay, I'm done. Let's meet the band. Okay. <laughs> hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band that played on this track with Lady A. Since Rob talked about the drummer on there, I'll start with him. Let's start with Chad Cromwell on drums. Chad, drums bravo. with Chad, well done. Drums with everyone from Amy Grant, Stevie Nicks, Bob Seger, Drums on one of my favorite albums, which is The Signs of Life by Stephen Curtis Chapman. Oh, yeah. Love that album. Well Boom. done, Chad. Tastefully played here. Yes, Nicely done. so tastefully played. Um, on electric guitar, Jason Slim Gambill. Now, there's some extra guitar parts on here, so I'll talk about multiple guitar players, but he's on here. Electric guitar, 12 years with Lady A. He's got two-foot-long hair braids that are amazing. Wow. And a ridiculous amount of gear on his gear page. Like, uh-huh. I normally talk about what they played, but I, I, it would take half the episode to go through <laughs> all the gear that he played. He's a gear nut. Oh, man. That, so, his work on this song is just... So good. Perfect. So good. Um, and we'll talk... Uh, we mentioned we talked with Dave Haywood, so we'll put him... I, I was in guitar mode, so I just listed him here. Yeah. Acoustic guitar, background vocals. Um, so, Dave, we'll talk with him. Multi-instrumentalist. Multi-instrumentalist, multiple vocals. You see him parts. in the video playing piano. Absolutely. He plays mandolin. Super He's, talented. Yeah. Super talented dude. Nice guy. Um, Charles Kelly on lead vocals wrote a song for one of my dad's favorites, so I got to give him a shout out here. Wrote for Danny Gokey. My dad loves Danny okay, Gokey, okay. so he wrote it's only for Danny, Danny Gokey. Uh, better than this for Hunter Hayes. He's got a tattoo of some Blackbird Beatles lyrics that is awesome. That's cool. Looking. Uh, avid golfer. His brother Josh, also a musician, married Catherine Heigl. Yeah, so, okay. There we go. Uh, Charles Kelly. Uh, Rob McNelly on electric guitar and does the solo. That guy's amazing. Um, stuff with Eric Church, Dirk Bentley, Rascal Flatts, Dolly Parton. Big names. Toured with Char- his uh, dad toured with Charlie Daniels oh. uh, and the Almond Brothers. Okay, and, wow. Uh, and yeah, I know. So that's right, where he's getting all that slide that's from. That's where you get the slide work wow. from, right? Playing around it. And then Rob became uh, Delbert McClinton's touring guitarist. So. Tons of good experience, big names around yeah, it. So good, dude. Um, on piano and synth, uh, Michael Rojas, not the baseball player, Miguel Rojas, sure. not, <laughs> and not Mike Rojas uh, that coaches baseball. This guy's, uh, he's a legend. 80s, played with Ricky Skaggs, Stevie Nicks. He plays on Stand Back for Stevie Nicks. Okay. I love that song. Uh, 90s with Travis Tritt and Chris Ledoux. 2000s with Big and Rich and Cowboy Troy, more recently with <laughs> Kenny Chesney, Martina McBride, and Luke Bryan. So he's played in decades. Like he's big in yeah. the 80s, big in the 90s, big in the 2000s, still big. So Michael Rojas. Lead vocals for the female perspective would be Hillary Scott, uh, married drummer of Love and Theft, uh, Chris Tyrell. And I bring that up as when Just a Kiss was released, the song Just a Kiss, uh, by the it, it was hinted that Tyrell and Scott were in a relationship and thus prompted this hit. Uh-huh. So, uh, has three kids um, and actually one miscarriage, which prompted Thy Will, which is big all over oh, wow. Christian radio yeah. right now. Uh, still big. Um, so, yeah. it's big there for a while. So, uh, Hillary Scott, wow. rock star. She also sang uh, with our friend Dave Barnes on there you uh, go. If We Don't Go Out for Christmas, Christmas that's it. Uh, which is like the less rapey version of <laughs> Baby It's Cold <laughs> Outside. It's good. It's, it's, it's more like a... It's like a sweet version that's not so like problematic. <laughs> you know, we all look at that song now like, you know, there's literally yeah. a line that says, hey, what's in this drink? Yeah. And then it's like, come on, did Bill roofie. Cosby write this? <laughs> I mean, funny. so funny. if you want to check that out, she is, the, she is the female vocal on If We Don't I Go Out that. for Christmas Tonight uh, off Dave Barnes' first Christmas album. Great song. Uh, more guitar work on there, uh, acoustic guitar and electric guitar, a guy named Paul Worley. Um, yeah. discovered and produced the Dixie Chicks, mm-hmm. um, and he's got a Grammy for two of their projects. He's got his own slew of country hits, absolutely and, yeah, from uh, the '90s. I mean, he did. He got a Grammy for Wide Open Spaces with them. 
Um, he signed to Big and Rich. He's done stuff with Martina McBride, the band Perry, Sarah Evans. I mean, he's huge. Yeah, he's serious. Um, on bass, I saved him for the end because we had uh, tasty bass work in there. Yeah. That I think you mentioned a guy named Craig Young plays bass. He played bass with bass with <laughs> played ba- bass with Blake Shelton, Faith Hill, Kenny Loggins, and bass on. One of my favorite albums and artist interviews that we've had, which was Nicole Nordeman. He played mm. bass on Woven and Spun. Oh, okay. Which I love that album. Um, also played on Michael W. Smith, This Is Your Time, on Andrew Peterson's Carried Along album, which I love. Sean Mullen's Soulcore, which has Lullaby yeah. or Rockaby, which song that I, I like too. Jewel and two of Rob's favorites, uh, Jump Five and Carmen. Yeah. <laughs> little Jump Five. A little Jump Five. <laughs> So wow, Craig Young. That is the uh, that is the meet the band section of uh, Lady A. So All right, Stella um, crew. I'm going to tell you now, in case you're tempted to like stop listening at this point, don't. Okay, uh, because number one, the, our, again, our conversation with Dave Haywood is a lot of fun, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Also, two, don't stop listening before we get to the cover section. Okay, okay, just do not stop un- at least until we get there, because um, I've got some really one of my funnest. Side roads of all time is coming up in the cover section. So uh, let's see. By the way, we talked about the video a little bit. Do you have you have some more stuff on the video? Sure. Um, they actually drink coffee instead of whiskey. Yes, in the, the lyric video. says whiskey. Yeah, and and that's one of the main things I was going to talk about. But look, let's just talk about how good looking the band is in this video. Ridiculous! What a good looking group. Yeah. I mean, they're all just like sharp, like pow, like kapowie. I mean, come on. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, you know what? I thought about calling Charles Kelly myself. <laughs> You know, I mean, <laughs> it was getting serious. I was like, is it hot in here? I'm just gotta. Like, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. Anyway, and in the video, uh, you know, the video, I, I saw that the director said, "I basically didn't want this to be a literal sort of retelling of the sure. story mm-hmm. of the song." So they changed a few things around. At the end of the video, they all they end all up end up with their significant with somebody others, else. Yeah. You know, whatever. So that's that's nice. Um, and uh, and actually, Hillary hooks up with Tony Robbins at the end of the video. I don't know if you saw oh, that, but life, life guru Tony Robbins. I did not see that. It's not really him, but oh, it, it looks, looks like, like him it, when yeah. he's 25. Okay, yeah, um, I didn't Watch the video again and look. It really, you and go. And then go walk on some coal. Tony Robbins, yes, exactly, yes. Inspirational. Um, at one point, this song held the distinction of being the most downloaded country song in history. Goodness gracious. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that distinction still holds. But it sold multiple millions of copies as a single, uh, somewhere around seven million copies just just as a single and just as downloads. Like that's just download numbers only. Um, the um, the driving tempo of this song is just perfect. Let's catch this one more time and just feel how good this groove is. By the way, it's a heartbeat. It's it, a pu- it, yes. It's the simplest, the simplest drum, drum pattern 101, eighth notes on the bass, drops an octave for the verse, versus the, versus the, uh, versus the intro, just really simple, um, and so that is 108 beats per minute. If you want to know what that perfect tempo is, that's 108 <laughs> wait, wait. beats per minute. And so I looked up a few other songs that like, you know, what are other songs? There's some other song that I feel like this almost um, captures the, the same spirit of some other classic song. I haven't quite figured it out yet. I got close, um, but a few other songs at that tempo. Um, I have the tiger, 
Okay. Um, which is sort of a more powerhouse. It's, it's more drop with a yeah. So it's double. That's right. It's driven by sixteenth notes. Yeah. And of course, it hops around. That's they're not recording that to a click, as is obvious by the first drum fill in that. I think we've talked about that before. That it's like, what did you do just then? But um. But I thought uh, Set Fire to the Rain by Adele is also 108 beats per minute. That's sort of good. Um, similar feel. Let's get it started by Black Eyed Peas. That does not feel the same. It do, right? At all. You would think that's at least 15, fast. 15 beats a minute faster yeah. than this. Yeah, but it's the same. No it's way. just the subtlety of the production uh-huh. really lets this, lets this hit different. Uh, how about Everybody, Backstreet's Back oh, man. by Backstreet Boys? My wife's going to come dancing down the steps. And- <laughs> oh, my God. I went back again. This the other night. How many of the Backstreet Boys could you name? I got zero. I think I can name them all. Can you really? Yeah. Okay, I got there's, zero. Uh, I knew there was a Brian, but okay, I didn't know his last name. There's Nick Carter. Do I have okay. to have last names? No, I don't care. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're right or wrong. I'm okay. Oh, okay. There's AJ. Uh-huh. There's uh um oh wait no I'm now now I'm starting to bring in in sync yeah that's okay. what other people hold doing. on no there's Nick there's an AJ there's a I want to say a um well maybe I can't. I don't know. There's a Brian because I remembered the name. Brian. I think there's Brian's a Brian. Brian's the dude with the goatee. Right, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is the other guy's name? The dude, the the dark skinned dude. Um, it's like a uh, wow. No, epic fail. Friended yell upstairs. Epic fail on, on yeah, Backstreet Boys. So anyway, that was you. It did. doesn't matter. That actually doesn't break my heart that I can't name all five <laughs> Backstreet Boys. I'll just tell you. Um, let's see. Walk this way. How about walk this way? Is oh, 108 okay. BPM. Weird, right? And then one of my personal favorites, Some Nights by Fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I love song. that song so much. That song has the kind of production that you just don't hear much That's anymore. True. That's the the vocal production on the song is. Ugh, I kind of forgot about perfection. that song. Thanks oh, for bringing that back up. That's I good. Love good. that song. Um, and so here's where I came. I, I felt like there's another song that that almost sort of has this same um, same vibe. Okay. You know what I mean? And I got close. Um, I'm calling this now kind of the sped up. Slightly faster country version of "Missing You" by John Wayne. Okay, I'm right? okay with that. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a little bit faster, and but it's got that same, even the same sort of subject material, right? Play, play a little of "Missing You." I don't I'm freaking I don't mind to hear it. Man, I love this song. It's so good. We got to cover this. Another cool guitar part, not as slide, but as driving chords. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that uh, it sort of has that same kind of vibe. That's good. I'm good with that. Um, and actually, it has this. This song has been accused of uh, kind of borrowing a vibe from another classic song from the '80s. Uh, see if you guys recognize it. It's a little ditty called "Eye in the Sky" by the Alan Parsons Project. Don't say- Alan Parsons project. <laughs> Let me skip to the chorus because the where the where the comparison really comes in is the chorus. If you think of um, think of the Lady A melody, right? It's a quarter out to one. Okay, and the chord uh, chord structure. We almost used this song as our season finale for season seven with its intro, the song before it called Serious. Here it is. Check it out. See what you think. I am the guy in the sky looking at you. Here's that three minor chord. Right? So you go. Right? 
So now I loved it. There, uh, Hillary Scott is quoted as saying, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, they're like, what's it like? <laughs> She's like, never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is great because it can be true. And also, if they had 100% gone, dude, let's rip off Eye in the Sky, that still gives you like plausible deniability. That's right. It doesn't say, we didn't copy that. It's it like, says, who? I don't know who that is. I don't is. know who that like, is. Yeah. I couldn't name the song. I could. T- I mean, I couldn't name the guy. Yeah. I could tell you the song. I could sing you the song, but I couldn't name the guy. <laughs> awesome. I think it's probably coincidence, but I, I just love that. That's a perfect answer to get out of that That's situation either way. Um, did you want to do covers or do you want to do... I'm going to do covers in just a second. Yeah, okay. I got a couple couple more things here. Um this is only the second country song in history, uh, unless it has been done since. Uh, but at the time, at least, it was the only second country song in history to hit number one on the Billboard Adult Top 40 chart. You want to guess what the first was? Give me that phrase again. The Adult Top 40 adult chart. Top 40. It hit number one. Hit number on the, one. So crossed over and went number one on the Adult Top 40 chart. Was the other one a country song? It was a country song, yes. Mm-hmm. It's obvious when you hear it. Friends in low places, maybe? No, 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 no. It's more adult contemporary than that. It's more contemporary. It's more... Is it a Taylor Swift song? No, but it is a a blonde female. Faith Hill? It is Faith Hill. Is it This Kiss? No. Is it Breathe? It's Breathe. Okay. Yeah. Breathe was the first, and Need You Now was the second. It broke the record for most plays in one week on the Adult 40 chart. This played more in oh, the span of a week than any other song in history, not just in country, Do you have the in the adult top 40 chart. I don't have the number of plays, but I have the song that it that it topped okay. for the record. Okay. Do you want to try and guess that? You most, won't. Most plays in a week. Most plays in a week on the adult top 40 chart. The adult top okay? 40. So you got to think like songs that grownups are listening to. Okay. Yeah. You're never going to guess it. Okay. Never. So- it is from the... Late nineties, early two thousands. I'm not exactly sure which. I want to say early two thousands. So you don't. You're not even sure the exact. Uh, no, I, 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 just because I didn't. It's look not it up. Celine Dion. It's my not heart Celine Dion. On. No, Thank but goodness. that's you know. I mean, that's that kind the, of feel the style. Yes, but you're never gonna guess it, dude. You're never. Give, give me some hint. Like, give me a hint that a, won't give it away. They were a rock band, but this is not a rock song. Okay, a rock it's a, band. It's a ballad. It's a ballad by a band that was much heavier than this. I don't. You can help. It's the reason by Hooba Stank. I would have. Ne- you're right. I would have never gotten there. And I say, thank God for Lady A for knocking off the reason by Hooba Stank. Not a fan of the reason. Oh by my Huba gosh, that's one of the most annoying songs. Whiny, oh brother, take the whininess of "It's Been a While" by Stained and multiply it by a factor of ten, and you get the whiny, self-centered garbage that is the reason by Hooba Stank. But Mr. Stank, if you're listening, come on the show. We'll talk to you. We'll We'll, we'll chat with you. We'll pick a different song. I I was so disappointed by that song because I liked whatever their first song was that now I can't remember. But it was a heavier song. It was cool. I I dug it. And then they come out with a reason, and I go, what? It Like, you crapped yourself. That's just (laughs) awful. Awful. But apparently a lot of people didn't agree because it was was until Lady A came along, the top most played song in a week in adult top 40 history. Wow. I can't believe that. Okay, um, of course, one of my favorite things about this song um, is that it was immortalized uh, by Weird Al Yankovic. In Polka Face. In the song Polka Face. Uh, let's get a little bit into that so you can hear it. Everybody needs a good polka medley. At, at night, it's a quarter after one. I'm a little drunk and I need you now. <laughs> Said I wouldn't call, but I lost all control and I need you now. And I don't know how 
Come on. Weird Al's uh, polka medleys are just works of genius. It's hilarious. Um, And uh, if you're not careful, to the untrained ear, there is another song that you could get this song confused for. Um, I'm going to play you first the intro of uh, Need You Now, okay? And I, I, I really hope you don't get with me until... It hits uh, until it hits. Yeah. So this is the intro. This is the full version. I don't think the I think the single version starts off where the drums come in. Okay. I think. Okay. But this one has this extended intro. Up. Hey, sorry, Mr. Cole, but just leave a message after the beat. Okay. All right. So I'm going to not let the groove come in too much because what I want, I'm just not going to say anything and I'm going to play this other song. I can only imagine. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. If you didn't know better and you just heard that, uh-huh. you could almost, <laughs> almost confuse. Listen to this. Listen to Need You Now again. Right? That's pretty close. Because yeah. you don't have the tempo in uh, yet, so yeah. you don't know you that don't it's know landing in a hit. different yeah. spot. Yeah. And it's the same. Bah, bah, bah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's man. very, it's very close. <laughs> oh, dang. So I just, I just think that's funny. That's just, that was just for me. That's Ooh. has nothing to do with research or whatever. That's good. Um, okay. Now let's talk about covers. Okay. Let's okay. Because there's, there's some covers that really uh, deserve some attention and some that really don't. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to give it to them anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, first, let's start with a good one. Uh, this is Adele, Adele and Darius and Rucker, Rucker. Yeah, that's a good one. On the CMT Awards. Yep. What a night! What a night! What a night! What, what a night, night. Luke Bryan! Luke Bryan! No- I'm gonna hear. All, I can only imagine every time. With kind of a, a different vibe. Um, Instrumentally, it's it, it's just a little more laid back. That's Adele. Scattered all around the floor. She can sing very well. Yeah. Got the drum machine going here, and the the um, the chorus is a little less like four on the floor. Kitchen drum. And you get these great shots of Lady A in the crowd watching Adele and that's Darius cool. Rucker yeah. sing your song. Um, that's. I like the melody change there. I don't like it. I do. I, I don't. I, know. I do. Yeah. Okay. So they've got that. And of course, Darius. I like it because it plays into Adele's strength. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think it was good. Darius kills the second verse. It's it's fantastic. All right. Now let's go to the if that is the Ruth's Chris steak version <laughs> sure. of a cover, right? <laughs> Which I think we can agree. That's yeah. probably it it's not really gonna get better yeah. than that. Let's this go. This is the White Castle this version. This is yes, this is the White Castle great value version <laughs> of that. Uh this is from The Voice. This is Blake Shelton and Shakira. <laughs> Every shot we had of just getting Blake on. We're yeah, man. Shakira's hips not lying. 
It just, uh, she doesn't work for this. Just now. That's definitely Shakira's. That's where it is. Vibrato. Yeah. And she's having too much fun, too. She's uh-huh. like... I just don't feel this. Uh, I don't, I, I don't believe it. this. <laughs> I kid, of course, about it being just yeah. awful. It's not awful. It's about a half step high for Blake too. Sure. Like he gets there, but he's but he's, stretch. he's sweating in his forehead. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's a little nervous about uh-huh. about the key. I feel like. Yep. Um, <laughs> but obviously they're fantastic and whatever. Yeah. But of the two, you gotta give go me. With Dale, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Darius, yeah. All right. Okay. Now this is what this is what blew me away about this. This is song. a side road okay. that Rob's been excited about. I've been so. This is one of my favorite side roads of all time. Okay. So, Lady A. You know, it's not uncommon when a song blows up for it to get recorded in other languages. You know what I mean? You might have a Spanish version. Uh, you might have a French version that would play in France, Canada, whatever. Um, you know, you might even go so far as to try like Portuguese or, um, you know, something like that. Once a song, uh, because once a song is this big, mm-hmm. it just goes global. Everywhere. And so yeah. any way that you can localize it and tap into another market, Absolutely. sing it in their native language. Okay, so Lady A did that with this song, um, but not in any uh standard language okay. they re-recorded this song in simlish do you know what simlish is know what that is simlish is the made-up fictitious language of the sims what in so, the world for an expansion pack of uh the sims 3 <laughs> lady a freaking lady the, a the went in and lady. re-recorded this entire song in a gibberish language <laughs> let's, let's hear a listen to it when I found this in my research, I said out loud, I said, this is why we do what we do. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> That's Hillary Scott. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I need out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, the rhyme scheme works. Dude, the whole song, it's the whole thing. song is there in Simlish. Char- let's hear a little bit of Charles' verse, let's be fair. Wixie. Oh my gosh. Like, they put real work into this. That's effort. <laughs> it's 
so good, dude. I want to see their lyric sheet, like their yeah. cheat sheet. So, okay, so you know me. When I find something this oh, good, go deep, I yeah. go down the rabbit yeah. hole, okay? So I went down this thing, and I watched, uh, I watched a whole like mini documentary on how they got people to convince people to, to record in this gibberish language. Yeah. And they what they found was they had this idea that the first Sims game had some sort of generic music that was, it, that was mostly instrumental. Mm-hmm. And then they started adding some like made up songs in this simlish language. Um, and then they started asking like people, right? And so one of the biggest fishes uh, that they, that they got initially and well, and still was Katy Perry. Holy cow. They had Katy Perry. Uh, and she did a version of hot and cold uh, for the Sims two, I think. And so that sort of like legitimized it for anybody who wanted to do it, right? Anybody who's got enough sense of humor to be able to do it once. If, like if Katy Perry did If it. it's cool for yeah. Katy Perry, yeah. then the the gates are open. Yeah. You know what I mean? So let's hear a little bit of Katy Perry's Hot and Cold. This was for The Sims 2. Okay, kid. Apartment Life. And they've even got like videos that they made for these with Sims characters. Brilliant. Just brilliant. And so what the, the interesting thing about it is though, it's it's not a translated language. It's not like a Klingon that you could like figure out and figure what out it? what the English equivalent is. It is truly gibberish, but it's planned out gibberish and they had to write it out on lyric sheets because the choruses have to match. Sure. You know what I mean? They wanted it, it, and, and they Especially wanted if you have dual vocalists, like you got to know exactly. what to sing. Yes. Like. If somebody's doing a harmony, it can't be actual gibberish. So it's got to be this intentional gibberish. Um, it probably took longer to write that than it did to write "Need You Now." Yeah. <laughs> like, right? well, so they said for for some vocalists, some vocalists really had trouble being able to relay it in that language. Uh, and so, f- in some cases, it actually took longer to record the Sims versions than it did to the record original. the originals. It's, it's insane. Um, let's see. So, just some other uh, songs re-recorded in Simlish. We won't. I won't play them all. But uh, "Bare Naked Ladies" have done several. Um, none of their big hits, I don't think. Uh, Pussycat Dolls did a version of "Don't You." Don't you wish your girlfriend was in Simlish? Uh, Flaming Lips, Cowboy Troy. It's funny that you mentioned Cowboy yep. Troy earlier. Flyleaf, um, Plain White Tees have done one. Hot Chelly Ray, Rise Against, My Chemical Romance, Jimmy Eat great. World, Luke Bryan, Jason Derulo. They've all done <laughs> uh, songs. And does then, he say his own name in that? That would be oh amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm sure he does. I didn't look it up, but I'm sure he probably says whatever similish version uh, of, of Jason name. Derulo is. Yes, would be amazing. Yeah. I can't even try. No. no. Um, And then there's one more. I had to to pull this one in. Um, My second mention of this band uh, so far in this episode. This is We Are Young by Fun. Fun. Give me the snack of eye. 
It's so weird because it's like it's conversational still. Hit that chorus. <laughs> it sure does. So funny. Dude. So weird. That was just a delightful rabbit trail to get into. I was so glad. Like, us covering this whole song was worth it for me to just there. to learn about that. The funny thing is, my wife plays the sims okay uh, and and she goes she gets on kicks where she'll play the sims like a lot over a period of a month or two you know what i mean and then and then put it aside for a while and then come back to it and i have friends that play the sims a lot but i was not aware of this because she plays it on mute uh, okay. she never plays it out loud she has her own soundtrack going yeah or just, just plays or it in not. silence and it doesn't bother her and her friends apparently she tells me this after i'm sitting there marveling over this she's like yeah they you know my friends tell me all the time dude you got to play it out loud because the radio is playing these songs when you turn on the radio it's playing lady a's simlish version of need you now or uh-huh. whatever you know um but i, I had no idea That's about cool. any of this i was like are you kidding me <laughs> fantastic all right you got any more before we talk to dave haywood i do let's, let's play do stump the genius yeah Stump the genius, stump the genius, stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. All right, guys, we're going to play Stump the Genius, first one of this season. So exciting stuff. Um, This is going to be one of those uh, where we cheer for Rob. This is going to be cheer for the genius. Those are always a lot more fun. Uh, Well, not a lot more fun. Sometimes (laughs) Sometimes it's fun to watch me struggle. Um, Rob, probably not a huge 2011 country fan. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm, I've said it before. I'm a lapsed country fan. I'm just now getting back into listening to some country. So this song, as we mentioned, went number one on December 5th through the end of the year. Okay. So I wanted to five, five number ones that you would know the artist for. Okay. I'm going to play this, and you're going to know. The, I'm hoping you'll go five for five. I'm okay. betting you'll go five for five. But you only get 15 seconds of each song. So okay. and do I get I'm, vocals? I'm, I'm going to give you 20 on one because the vocals okay. don't come in, and I'm going to give you very little bit of vocals. I think your T-shirt's giving one away. That's going to be the help. When you opened the door this morning, <laughs> I'm I went, okay. She's like, is that a hint? And All I'm right. like, we'll see. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. So we want Rob to go five for five. Here we go. Let's start with number one. Okay. 2011. I believe in myself. All right. That's Darius. That is Darius. I mean, Boom. that's that unmistakable. Took, that is unmistakable. I had to give me a gimme on the gate. So. That guy, uh, he did that in like two seconds. Is it called All Right? It's called All Right. Is it really? He named the song. Okay, all right. Okay, number two. Here we go. (laughs) I think you're going to need all 15 for this one. Maybe not. That is all you get. Okay. I, mm, I want it to be Blake Shelton. It's not, though, is it? Doggone it. I got one line. One line. I remember. I'm going to listen one more time. This will help. 
Oh, okay. Wow, really? Let me hear this again. That's Keith Urban? No, no, no. Oh. I meant the guitar part would help. Yeah, I thought you were telling me by the key... That oh, is it's Brad, Brad Paisley. Paisley. There oh. we go. Wow, okay. that first line did not it did not strike me as Brad Paisley. That was number one. Oh, that Darius song was number one August 15th. This one was number one June 13th and again on June 20th, so two weeks. This is Then by Brad Paisley. Okay. When I you hear the chorus, you'll I hear think. I hear him now, but that first one sounded more like a traditional country voice to me. Okay, we want Rob to go four for five from here on out. <laughs> number two. Pretty modern. Very modern. I'm just guessing right now that this is Keith Urban. This is, is Keith it? Urban. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. And that's how you would have gotten yeah, another no, voice. Yeah. Good okay. job. Uh, two for three so far. Number four. Uh, this is Taylor Swift. Uh, I thank know this you. One. We don't okay. even have to hear it. Next. I, kn- I know that one because of Weird Al. This is the last one. This is number one between what period? This is number one. Hang on, I got to... That is all you Whoa. get. 15 seconds. This is number one on January 3rd and January 10th. Play it again. All the country fans out there screaming at me. Absolutely. The closest you can get to, uh, to, to being a ghost is not knowing. Me not knowing. Oh gosh, I I don't think I know that. Should I know that? Voice? I'm gonna give you an extra five seconds because you didn't use all of your others. All okay, the way. I'm all gonna right. Give you five okay. seconds. Yeah, I think you for... Rascal Flatts. Rascal Flatts. Okay. That's all you need. Okay. You just needed all to right. end the line. Yeah, you needed to hear Gary end it. Yes. Okay. This is here by Rascal Flatts. This was number one, January third and January tenth. Wow. That okay. So good job, Rob. All right. Good. I'm I'm other relatively the, proud of myself. Other than the Brad Paisley one, and that's a toughie. So yeah. I um, know the Taylor Swift song because that's "You Belong with Me." That right? is "You Belong and with Me." August twenty second and August 29th. So Weird Al Yankovic has a version called TMZ. Okay. That's about not being able to get away from paparazzi. Okay. Uh, and it's it's really funny. It's uh, suddenly you're on TMZ. It's it's funny. So he's Guys, the ghost. He's the king. I hope you've enjoyed this so far. We're back for season eight. Hang yeah. around and hang out with us and Dave Haywood. That's right. And be sure to follow us on socials uh, at Great Song Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and also uh, the Great Song Podcast page on Facebook. And please, 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 if you enjoy the show and you want to have some more interaction, join our Facebook group it's a lot of fun in there a lot of people in there like yourself and we just uh share a lot of different stuff in there and it's a nice little community we got going and that page is called great songs and the great people who love them greatly or you can just go to facebook.com slash groups slash great song pod to get there and if you want to be uh somebody who goes the extra mile and get into being part of producing the show you can uh, support us on patreon you can go to patreon.com slash great song pod uh, to get started there, and we can in return say thank you by giving you bonus goodies like uh, early re- early release, um, extended interviews, extra episodes, and more. We have a lot of fun, and we try to offer some uh, some real added value for our our great patrons, the nucleus, um, <laughs> the nukes, as it were. Uh, we kick that name around, and it's not going to work. Um, so anyway, we hope you've enjoyed this first uh, episode so far of season eight and uh, stick around. We'll be right around the corner. Here's Dave Haywood from Lady A. This is the Great Song Podcast. 
Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Dave Haywood of Lady A. Dave, thank you so much for joining us today on the Great Song Podcast. Ah, thank you for having me. I'm a fan. I love following you guys, and um, I've learned a lot listening to some of your episodes oh, on some of my favorite songs. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Y'all have old, taught me no. some things, so that, that's it's, my it's new, awesome. That's my new ringback tone yeah. now. Thanks <laughs> for that. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you guys. Nice Man, to meet you guys. Same here. It's, it's going to be a real treat uh, talking to you, and I know our listeners are going to be like, this is one of those, honestly, this is one of those conversations where... I feel like certain um, certain things, when you say to people, you know, we're talking to X person, it just sort of bumps your whole cachet up a notch. Um, and and I think this is one of those. That yeah. When I go, oh. you know, we're, we're talking to the dude from Lady A, uh, they go, say what now? You're, who now? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, you know, so, uh, so. Well, that's the first time I've heard that before. So thank, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we really appreciate it. Uh, why don't we start kind of at the beginning of the Lady A story? Um, and I've heard you tell this story, but for the sake of our audience, uh, could you kind of tell us how Lady A came together? Any story that involves sure. MySpace, I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, MySpace will totally date us uh, for any of the listeners. Yeah, so um, I'm from Augusta, Georgia, uh, born and raised there. Um, my bandmate, Charles Kelly, uh, born and raised in Augusta as well. We both went to University of Georgia. Go dogs. Okay. Um, We're, and, we uh, both bleed orange, so my, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a That's huge okay. Vulcan. This has been great, Dave. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I lost signal. I lost you. <laughs> Let's send um, him out with Rocky Top, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you have in the background, I love it. Um, but uh, yeah, so we uh, yeah, and we do love love college football. Oh my goodness. But um, yeah, so we uh, graduated from Georgia and uh, moved to Nashville. Um, this is kind of the shorter version. We could I could do a much longer. Shorter version is um, Charles's older brother Josh Kelly. Um, a great artist, songwriter, producer in his own right, uh, really invited Charles and I to come up to Nashville. Um, I grew up playing music, and Charles and I started writing a couple songs my senior year at Georgia. Um, and so, yeah, we um, we decided to go up to Nashville and just chase the dream. I quit my accounting job, and Charles quit his finance job and moved to Nashville, and Josh let us stay at his house for free because we didn't have any money whatsoever. <laughs> Um, and we just started writing songs and a couple months into writing songs, we were out at a bar and Charles ran in and met Hillary. Uh, Hillary Scott is born and raised in Nashville and he invited her over and said, Hey, I'm writing with my buddy Dave, uh, from Augusta. And, uh, we're just kind of writing songs thinking we can pitch songs and maybe just be songwriters. And if you want to come write with us, we'd love to, to write with you. And so when she walked in the very first day, um, I just remember being blown away by her talent. Um, and her heart, her heart, uh, and I, and I still am to this day, honestly. So yeah, I mean, we started writing and our first song was a song called all we'd ever need. And then we wrote a couple songs, one called love don't live here. Um, and a couple other songs that ended up really putting together what ended up being our first, um, album, but we had no idea. We didn't think anything about doing a band. Um, that sort of came months and months and months later after writing a bunch of songs together. So well, jo- Josh Kelly's good deed was uh, returned to him as he got to marry Catherine Heigl. So there you go. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, man. He's such a great guy. I mean, please check out Josh's music. He's still doing a lot of stuff now. But he had a big hit song called Amazing, which was huge on pop radio in the early 2000s. Um, and he got to open up on a lot of big tours. So he he was probably my biggest musical sort of um, mentor uh when we moved to Nashville, he taught me how to use Pro Tools, which is the recording software, mm-hmm. um, taught me how to really kind of just hone my craft of songwriting and production. 
Um, and so a lot of our early demos, I was working in Pro Tools doing all of our demos, and and Josh really was the one that, that taught me all of that, and, and we learned and wrote a lot with Josh as well, too. So great guy. And so when you, when you said, uh, you know, you left your accounting job and, uh, Charles, uh, left, a, left a job in finance to me, I guess because of my personality type that to me went, oh man, that's terrifying. Uh, cause those are, <laughs> you know, fairly stable, uh, professions, right. With some like potential for a good solid career in accounting and in, and in finance, you know? Um, right. so that really sent a shudder down my spine when you said that, did you guys it, it, like making that dive that, okay, we're going to chase this dream going to Nashville. Did that terrify you guys? Or was it like, okay, here's an adventure. Let's go Frodo. If I take one more step out of the Shire, <laughs> it's the furthest I've ever been. Yeah, totally. A little bit of both. Uh, a little bit of both. And that's a great question. I remember my, all my parents said was, we're going to pray for you. Uh, <laughs> that's all I got from my mom and dad. But um, no, they, yeah, they y'all were could send me a check but, too. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, could, you could pray yeah. while you close that envelope and look it up, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was working in Buckhead, uh, north of Atlanta, uh, suit and tie kind of job, accounting job. And I mean, I enjoyed the people I worked with. Man, I just, it was not the vibe for me. The work was just not fulfilling. Um, and I always loved music. I love the creative part of music. I'd say more than anything. I mean, if you went through my voice memos in my phone, there's just a thousand voice memos of guitar progressions, piano hooks, and vocal melodies and lyric ideas. So I love the creative process. And Charles does too. And he's so good writing music, singing, coming up with melodies, coming up with lyrics. Um, and we just kind of kept talking and said, Hey, like, man, are you, how are you doing up there with your job? I'm like, man, I'm not fulfilled. I'm not, I'm just, I'd love to try anything. Let's just give it a shot. What if we just went to Nashville and just slept on somebody's couch and tried it? Um, and so literally, I mean, I cashed in my 401k, which is a terrible tax idea. Um, uh, you know, after having a 401k for two years, it's really not the time to cash that thing in. And, uh, ended up losing half of it, but I had a couple thousand dollars to go to Nashville and lost that in the first few months of eating, eating out and going to Starbucks. Right. And, uh, and then we were just writing songs every day, but yeah, it was, it, it was a bit scary, but it was also, you know, I'm 20, I was 23 years old. And so the excitement, the adventure, I was single, you know, going to a new town, a new place. I mean, Nashville is just, I mean, it felt like a mythical place. I had never visited Nashville before I moved there. Um, I really just like, you know, you hear the stories of the Grand Old Opry and country music and rock music and all these things that are happening in Nashville. And I was just like, man, I love when I hear a song on the radio, I hear the production, I hear the guitars, I hear the way that that song is crafted and orchestrated. I just want to be in that world in that space with those creatives. And so I said, I'll do anything. If I have to mop floors at some publishing house or studio, I'll just do it so I can try to do music, be in the music industry and be surrounded by all those creatives. So yeah, it was, it was a bit of a thrill, but, but you know, there's definitely some, some worries as well. Well, I'm sure uh, Protivity hated to lose you there as their accountant, but the but, <laughs> but the Nashville music world and uh, is very thankful uh, to have you. You did your homework on my accounting firm. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's where I worked. You, yeah. you did your homework. But yeah, I, I worked at a big accounting firm called Protivity and uh, got to travel around the world and do a lot of cool things. But man, writing music and recording music is where my heart is, you know? Well, you're fantastic at it. Now, I know early in the in the early days, you were booking gigs and creating the website. Was that something <laughs> that you voluntarily said, "I got this," or were they like, "Hey, 
Dave, you're, yeah. you're running with this, uh, David Wesley. Put this on your back and go. <laughs> well, um, man, I love that you guys, gosh, you know your stuff. I feel, uh, I feel honored and a bit scared. Um, <laughs> We're going to give out your address in a minute. <laughs> Yeah, social, yeah, yeah, please. Social please, security please. number is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I'm so sorry I didn't get to the MySpace thing earlier. So, yeah, I was basically – so to get really nerdy for you for a second, just please to rewind. Do. That's where we live. Okay, good, good. So at Georgia, I was basically a um, – IT major, so information technology, so computer programming, things like that. So I knew how to do computer programming and to build websites and stuff. And so uh, when we got to Nashville, automatically I was like, well, hey, we we should, you know, we started a band um, and we needed to put together some materials. I was like, well, hey, I'll create our webpage. I know how to do some of the programming. Um, And so the first thing we created was a MySpace page. Um, and even extra nerdy level was I could actually go into the MySpace page and like program the skins and program the back end oh, yeah. kind of so, oh, nice. to make it look kind of cool. I don't know if you remember that. Like yeah. people had different designs for their MySpace page. Yeah. Um, this is when all of the teenagers have deleted the podcast. They're like, what's happening here? <laughs> That's right. But, um, yeah, so I helped create our website and really I got on the horn trying to book us shows. We would go a couple places we played early on. Well, we played at third and Lindsley in Nashville, Tennessee, a ton, um, and the owner, Ron, who is still there uh, to this day, is just one of my dear friends. And has ha- he had us playing every couple weeks, you know, at like the six, six o'clock slot, which is like a terrible slot. But <laughs> it's, all we, it's all we could get because we didn't have any following other than a couple MySpace followers. And uh, so I started trying to book shows. And we booked a couple up at um, Joe's Bar in Chicago through the owner, Ed Warm. He was a guy that still runs a great um, kind of honky-tonk up there in Chicago. And he had us opening up for like Shadaisy, opening up for Emerson Drive, opening opening up for Chris Cagle, a lot of these um, country artists in the early 2000s. And uh, yeah, I would act like we were really big and successful. I'd be like, hey, I'm <laughs> managing this new band and we would love to come open, you know, and really we just, it was just me trying to get gigs. And so we got a couple gigs and I was trying to pet play tour manager and, and band member and producer and writer and all that at the same time and and coder computer programmer <laughs> man that's fantastic i love that that's 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 a level of of dorkiness that i can really mm. appreciate I and at the third and lindsley thing too bad most of the followers probably weren't old enough to get into third and lindsley to see you perform. I, know. <laughs> I know i know but man those times were so fun that's it's a really cool small songwriter bar if you haven't been there and it's a great place to showcase new artists and uh, you know, play your own material. I mean, Broadway is for playing covers and playing old country songs and, you know, kind of having a party. There's a couple bars off Broadway, like Third and Lindsay, that are more for writing your own music and performing your own music. So, man, that place was a home for us. And Charles and Hillary and I just loved being up on that stage. And, and yeah, I mean, we had five people the first time. We were opening for Josh Kelly. Uh, maybe 10 the next time. And it probably grew by five or 10 every gig. And, and, you know, we had 150 people at the end of it, which was massive for us. And a couple big record label people had heard about it. And Mike Dungan from Capitol Records was at one of those shows and uh, basically offered us a record deal backstage. He's like, I love what you're doing. I love the harmonies, the vocal blend, the male and female leads. It's just a unique thing. I'd love to sign you guys. And so that was kind of our story back in 2006. Well, it's, I, I mean, it, it's one of those things where listening to what you guys have, it's, you know, it, it feels like it was bound to happen. I know that's never a safe thing to say, but you know, just, oh, it's you. undeniable what you guys have together. You hear it instantly. So it's no surprise that, you know, record execs showed up and went, yeah, we need, you know, we need this, uh, 
need this now uh, pun oh. totally intended. Hey, Ooh, I like that. Um, that's a good play. <laughs> um, you, you talk about your harmony, and that's one of the things that really jumps off the page with you guys. Are there harmony groups in particular that you guys looked at either as inspirational um, or you know that just um, that you guys go that's it that's kind of the thing that we're going for seminal you know for the band. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of it for me, I grew up, uh, my dad taught me how to play guitar. He's a great guitar and banjo player. Um, my mom sings too, and we listen to a lot of Christian music, a lot of gospel music. Okay. Um, playing at church, a lot of hymns. So there's, there's to me, there's kind of the foundation of, um, you know, some of those great melodies and harmonies in, in, in the hymnal books and all the great music at church. Um, you know, more contemporary pop stuff, I mean, that I was listening to was a ton of Eagles, um, I'd, ca- I'd have to put Eagles and Fleetwood Mac in the kind of one and two categories okay, for me. Yeah. Um, you know, being a, and having multiple lead singers and just different things that you're sort of interested in. I mean, you know, like as an Eagles fan, like Timothy B. Schmidt, when he sings, like that's some of my favorite songs and some of my favorite harmonies and vocal texture that he provides. And, um, so I love diving into the multiple members of Eagles and Fleetwood Mac. Um, and so I think we were trying to really emulate some of those harmonies. I mean, obviously like mamas and papas, uh, things like that. Uh, just real full harmony. I I love the feel and the sound of family harmony. Um, and there's just, yeah, I mean, the, something started to kind of form when even that first day we wrote a song, um, thinking we might just write music for Hillary at the beginning because she had sort of a solo record deal. Um, we were like, well, let's just write songs for this. But once we started all kind of singing three part harmony, it really sort of took on its own life and it felt like something unique, um, when we were all kind of blending together, but yeah, a lot of the classic rock seventies, um, eighties stuff. Uh, I mean, I love guitar players like James Taylor. Um, and I mean, gosh, it just kind of, it, it goes on and on down that world. And then, we, and then like nineties rock, we all had like a nineties rock band, me and Charles. So, you know, we were all like playing the Pearl jam and Dave Matthews and stuff yeah. as well. Nothing wrong with that. Well, props on not saying the Eagles. That's like right. you get a bo- nice job going Eagles. You'll be <laughs> you, surprised. <laughs> we you almost <laughs> pitched a perfect game there. You, you did it. You did it. It was wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh well, I, I, I am I am a big fan. I mean, I yeah. gosh, I just oh the harmonies just and the stuff they wrote and the chord progressions as a guitar player. It is just heaven as a guitar player as well. So it's a it's a running joke for us that whenever on the podcast, if we say the Eagles, then we bleep it out like we swore or something <laughs> like that. So uh, so the one time that you did say the don't don't be surprised when you hear it. Uh, <laughs> censored. I love that. We grew up in church too, so we're not editing out a, a, a Rob's a music worship leader yeah. at a church. Nice. And, and I play guitar in church. So, it's yeah, like, so we keep it oh, clean. That's awesome. No yeah. Theme. I grew I grew up playing in church. Yeah. I grew up playing in church in a lot of worship bands in high school uh, and in college as well at UGA. So um, man, I grew up, I grew up playing a lot of my guitar chords for me personally, a lot of my guitar chords and formations come from a lot of sort of open E uh, Christian music that, that I really loved and fell in love with too. So yeah, I mean, that's a, that's an influence on my guitar playing a lot too. I'll tell you something that you do that is awesome. This song is an E, the one we're talking about. Uh, your video where you show how you play it is on YouTube, for those, oh, which yeah. is so cool that you uh, you went and I know you play Capo 4 NC, but that's so neat that you took the time to actually show people how to play the song the way you play it, which I don't see that much. That's awesome. Well, thank you, JP. I, um, you know, I grew up, just such a fan of, of those bands we were talking about, Eagles, uh, <laughs> and many other bands. And I, I always was like, man, I just wish I could figure out. I would sit there with my guitar listening to the radio, trying to figure out how they did it. Um, even up into like Dave Matthews' acoustic playing and John Mayer's acoustic playing. I mean, some of that stuff I have just tried to just analyze to get their chord formations 
because they sound so full. And so for me as a fan of other artists, I was like, man, I just wish I could see what they were doing in the studio. And so I was like, you know what? Let me just let the fans in on that. I've done that for a couple of our songs. Um, you know, my guitar playing is not like super expert through the roof prolific, but but my acoustic, I love creating cool, full sounding acoustic chords, things that feel really full bodied and that you could fill an arena with and feel a, fill a room with. So, yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, good luck learning how to play neon just by listening. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, used a ha- I used a pedal that slows it down in half back when <laughs> I was in high school. And so I, I, I put that thing in halftime where it was like, bow, 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 bow. Trying to figure out how to play that thing. Such a weird, such a weird riff. Um, yeah. So initially, you know, you moved to Nashville. You and Charles moved to Nashville, and you hook up with with um, Hillary, and you, and you form this thing that becomes Lady A. But initially, as a songwriter, you know, you're trying to write things for the band that are good enough to make the album and be the singles. You're trying to write for other artists, you know, stuff that's good enough to make their albums and be singles. But then, as an artist, you reach a spot where. People are dying to get something of theirs in your hands. You know, if I could just get this song in front of Lady A, what's that mm. transition like? How do you guys handle it, you know, taking submissions or, or even outside co-writing opportunities for Lady A? Man, that's an uh, excellent question. I've never had that question. I mean, our first album was pretty much all material that, that we wrote. Um, there was one song, I believe that was an outside song. But early on in our career, we, we signed a publishing deal with Warner Chapel. Um, and so they were kind of in charge of our publishing, trying to pitch a couple songs that we didn't write to other artists as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, people, after our first record, um, you know, and again, the very first record that people say you have your life to make it. I mean, we, we had, you know, a year and a half cause we had just met each other and right. it was all new material we were writing, uh, at that point in time. So the, the first record was really just completely all stuff. Are that we wrote the three of us, maybe with a couple more extra writers like Victoria Shaw um, and a couple other folks, uh, Tom Douglas, stuff like that. But I mean, Love Don't Live Here is like straight up the three of us. That was just like our pure heart, who we are as Lady A. So, but yeah, once we got to our second record, as we were putting that together, the Need You Now album. You know, songs like I would say American Honey is a really good example. We did not write American Honey, and that one came through and just had a authentic and organic feel to it. And so, yeah, I mean, when, when when it's a great song, it's a great song. I mean, I think, you know, the James Taylor, Carol King kind of world of like the way they would write songs for each other and had so many outside cuts too. I mean, if it's a great song, just forget who wrote it. Let's just cut it, record it and get it out there. And, and, and American Honey was one of those that comes to mind from that record. And, you know, at, at that point in time, you feel some ownership in wanting to write everything. But at the end of the day, if it's a story you feel like you can put your name on and put your stamp on and put yourself in that place. I mean, I, I wish I would have written American Honey. That was a Hillary Lindsay song with some other writers. And it, it just felt like such a sort of Georgia, nostalgic, growing up, innocence kind of thing that that I'd, we wanted to represent and say and, and sing. So that, that that one stands out for me in that in that. It's funny that you mentioned American Honey because I'm a Carrie Barlow fan because I grew up listening yes. to Luna Halo. I don't know if you yes. know who they are. Oh His other, I know exactly who they are. I was like, "Holy cow! I can't believe he picked that one out of all the list." Because like I follow Carrie Barlow, because and he's written some some monsters. So that's yeah, so I've neat. forgotten about Luna Halo. They, uh, yeah, Luna Halo. Yeah. So we were right. So we were playing Third and Lindsay a lot around that time. Um, Jeremy Lister and like Luna Halo and like some of these bands and stuff. Um, Safety Suit, was yeah, this rock band. Goodness oh, wow. gracious! Um, and oh. they were like we were playing the same kind of bars at the same time as them and. Um, yeah, man, I, I, all those great memories of us kind of coming up, I feel like around the same time in Nashville. Yeah. 
Well, you definitely uh, – there's parts of these interviews where we just blast on things that we love. Like, And I could do this with you guys forever because you got hits like, you know, I run to you, need you now, we on the night, long stretch of love, all which you were part co-write on. But I think my favorite video from you guys is looking for a good time. I think it's hysterical <laughs> when the mechanic puts his hand on your suit. Now, do you play the solo live? You play it on the video. Do you play the guitar solo live? I, I play it live. So, yeah, on our records, um, I mean, we've had some fantastic electric players. Paul Worley, our producer for our first, gosh, five, six, seven records, Paul Worley played that guitar solo on the album okay. for Looking oh. for a Good Time. Okay. Um, and I play it live. That one's a simpler solo I, I can pull off. I'm not a profi- like totally like expert-level electric player. Uh, but I can pull off oh, some you of got the solos good live. Yeah, you got well, you know, I'm kind of right there in that <laughs> middle average tier, but um, I leave the really expert stuff to our backing band guys. We have a guy named Slim and a guy named Clint, and they are like, oh, my God, just shredders. So I let them kind of take those real, <laughs> the real big ones. But that one's funny. Yeah, I played that one live um, to this day. And, you know, it's funny you brought that song up, JP, because I still have moments where I'm like, did people like that one? Because that's the one. It, it felt really fun at the time, but when we play it today, I'm like, do people still like it? But every night when we get out there and I'm like, I mean, it's literally like G to C. It's like two chords. And, you know, it's one of those songs like from a guitar standpoint. I'm like, this is so basic, but I know people <laughs> love the feel of it. Because and, they um, can say, hey, I covered this song. Right? Like, I covered yeah. this one. My band covers this Lady A song because anybody because <laughs> it's playable. So yeah. it's good. Oh, uh, well, thank you. Thank you, man. And, and yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I, on, on our records, um, I dig in really deep in the acoustic guitar and mandolin world. Um, but it's a fun process. We had so many great years with Paul Worley. And I mean, I could talk for days about his process. And maybe we'll get to that, too. But it's it really just an honor to work with so many great instrumentalist in nashville i have one follow-up video question and then i'll, I'll kick uh, the the you look good video which was recorded in puerto rico is pretty cool what's your favorite video shoot location like someplace that you were like this was fun obviously the the puerto rico one looks fun and the you look good but what what is your favorite location that you've got to go to man that's a great great question gosh y'all have good questions very yeah, good thanks. questions oh thanks we do our and best oh uh, thank you well and you know i um Gosh, I think this is my third podcast of my my career. I haven't done many podcasts, so <laughs> oh, you're doing fantastic. It's really, uh, well, it's really fun to do the long form thing where you guys just give a chance to really just dig in and talk about stuff. Most of the stuff we do in radio is like sixty seconds. Here they are, right. and you just don't have a chance to to really walk through the nuance of it. So, thanks for thanks for giving a platform for that. I mean, I I really enjoyed that video in Puerto Rico. Um, that would probably be the most fun because we got to go down there for like two or, th- two or three days. Normally you shoot in Nashville, either in like a soundstage, mm-hmm. um, like the You Look Good video, uh, excuse me, You Look Good, Looking for a Good Time, very yeah. similar title. Um, looking for a Good Time back in like 07, 08, um, we just shot in Nashville and it was kind of the old Ed Sullivan show throwback, yep. um, kind of wardrobe and stuff. So that was like on a soundstage. Um, and like, you know, we own the night. I love that video a lot. It was just downtown Nashville, but we were like on this rooftop down by the river in Nashville. Um, bartender was a really fun one. We shot that out in Los Angeles. Um, and, oh, you know what, you know what I'll tell you? I think the most fun was probably downtown. Charles and I were dressed up as police officers and Hillary (laughs) was like bashing in our car. Um, and it was just a fun day. Beth bears, uh, the actress was in that video as well. And so she was hilarious and she was on set all day and we were laughing, getting to know her, but, um, downtown might be the most fun. Puerto Rico has to be the the best location for, for you look good though. I love, love being down there. It was really cool. Excellent. 
Tell us a little bit about your experience on Songland. Uh, I'm, I'm really fascinated by this. You guys were in the, the season two uh, premiere of Songland. Um, what it's, it, first of all, brilliant idea. The concept of that show as somebody who loves music and loves songwriting, you know, it's just brilliant on every side. And it seems to be like a really well thought out idea from the, from yeah. the artist side coming in. What was it like? Well, it was an automatic yes when we first heard about it. I watched all of season one, and when the show came out, I mean, I knew Shane McAnally was on it because we've written with him, and I followed him online, and so he was talking about it leading up to it. So uh, I was pretty well aware of the show coming out, but once it aired, I watched all of season one. I mean, the Macklemore episode was one of my favorites. Um, I just thought it was such a great look behind the curtain of songwriting, and and the reason I love it is – Songwriting to this day may be the most challenging thing to sort of explain and kind of talk, like people. That's kind of the biggest question. Like, how do you write a song? Like, what are you doing? Like, what do you start with? Where does the idea come from? And so it at least gave an insight into a little bit of that process of hearing a song when it's sort of written and it can be changed. You can rework the lyrics and and work with it and, and the way that you kind of work on a song. I know the writers walk in on Songland with a finished product. But, you know, Ryan Tedder, Esther Dean, and, and Shane McAnally take it, rework it, and often change some of the things. So I, I like that it at least gives um, fans a way to see a bit behind the scenes. I love behind-the-scenes th- the stuff. I mean, if if I could be a fly on the wall to see how they wrote some of those songs in the 60s and 70s, oh, my gosh, what I, what I would give to, give to see, you know, the writing session behind, like, Zeppelin songs or anything like that. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's a really neat process. Um, and so we were on the show and I think we went in just kind of with an open mind. I didn't know if we would get a particular song we would really use a lot out of it, if, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't know if it, we would really get something that would be like a tried and true something in the Lady A catalog. Um, but, you know, we shot it January, right before the pandemic. And um, we had, so the song Champagne Night, it came in as a different song. And the feel felt like, like total, like Lady A, Hillary got some sass, got some fun, got some party, live amphitheater kind of feel. And we were like, man, this feels like a Lady A jam. You could open up a show with this or close a show with this. And so we worked on it and Shane McAnally helped tweak some of the lyrics. Um, And we all pitched in a little bit, but really it was Madeline Merlot, the songwriter that had that song, uh, Champagne Night. And so it felt like a jammer and we wanted to put it out as a single because we were like, we got a big tour coming. Uh, let's get it out there for a big summer jam. And sure enough, the pandemic hit and we obviously had to pivot and cancel the tour. But I think the song still was such a fun one to have a fun one to kind of listen to and enjoy. And it, I think it's going to be one of those staples when we head back out on the road, hopefully at the end of this year or later this year, um, you know, I think it will be one of those songs you can open a show with or, or close a show with. So it feels like a really fun one. I mean, we have some fun songs that give Hillary kind of a front and center moment, like Downtown and Bartender. Um, and I love I love when she can kind of get sassy and have a good time. And so <laughs> Champagne Night's one of those as well. You could see, you know, watching the episode, you could see in everybody's body language that that was going to be the one. It, that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Now, now I, you know, I, I knew it going in that that was going to be the one. So maybe I read that into it, but I remember this story about Michael Jackson being in the studio during the, during the bad sessions. Um, mm-hmm. and they were trying to decide between two songs to make the album. Uh, it was, and it was between, uh, street walking and, um, Oh gosh, what's it called? Another part of me, just, you know, just, uh, uh, yeah. part of yeah. me. and Michael wanted street walking, 
Um, but his, um, his agent, I got her manager, Frank DeLeo was in the room and Quincy was in the room and they started playing the groove to just another part of me and everybody's body mm. language started changing. They started moving. People started getting up and dancing and they went, that's the one, right? Because yeah. it, it, any song that does that to people upon first listen, you go, this is, this is it. It doesn't, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's such a, it's a, it's a well-written song. It's a great song to begin with. And then it has the added benefit of it just sort of elevates the energy in the room. Uh, you know, for the listeners. And so I agree. I think once you guys are getting yeah. back out on back out on the road, you will have those t-shirts that say doubles and bubbles. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's, I, I think that's going to be a great, a great vibe. Thank you, man. I, I totally agree. It's a really fun one. And you know, a lot of people know us for some of the, you know, the big duets or ballads. I mean, need you now just to kiss and dancing with my heart songs like that. So to have a couple extra in the, in the can for the road, for the tour, I mean, I just, Oh, I miss it so much talking about it, but man, playing those amphitheaters in the summertime, is just so much fun in the country music world. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, that song, it kind of goes right hand-in-hand hand with those kind of shows, yeah. So you threw out ballad, so I got to go ballad question here. Big Love in a Small Town I, is the ballad oh. that I pick of yours. Thunderbirds and Pontiac Wild. Do you, what was your first car? First oh, car. Oh, yeah. My, my first car was not as sexy as a Thunderbird. I had a Honda <laughs> Civic. Yeah, I had a Honda Civic that cost like $3,600. Well we done. Uh, yeah. That's counted <laughs> mind already That's at a young right. age. Very <laughs> practical. Already thinking, thinking financially. Man, I love that you love that song. I mean, what a hidden gem. I think there were some really hidden gems on that Heartbreak um, album. Uh, oh, my goodness. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, Big Love in a Small Town. And, and man, we wrote wrote that um, with Nicole Gallion and Jordan Reynolds. And Jordan Reynolds is doing a lot with Dan and Shay. And um, he, he does ballads so well. And Nicole does lyrics so well. It was a great team. But... Man, I, I miss uh, bringing up that record too. Our producer Busby that we lost a couple years ago. Man, he was such a huge part of our career, um, and that record. I just—it's hard for me to hear anything about that record and those songs without just being back at his house, sitting back in his studio, working with him for hours and hours, and learning from him and and just the incredible influence he had on us. So um, I miss him dearly. But man, that song. Yeah, I mean, I, I love ballads. Selfishly, I would put out an album of all ballads. I, I just love them. I love, I mean, I grew up just wearing out, I mean, the dance by Garth Brooks yeah. oh, man, and just yeah. all kinds of just timeless Absolutely. Alison Krauss ballads. Um, well, I mean, you'd, really sell, when, you'd sell at least two copies to yeah, me and Rob. Right. So we're in. <laughs> I know. Just what turn it on and it get about, all in our feels. <laughs> I know. What is it about ballads? I mean, like the new Ingrid Andrus record that I love her music. She's a country, country female artist and man does ballads so well. And I just eat it up. It's the emotion, the, the, lyrics it just all hits just right so yeah i mean selfishly i think everyone in lady a charles and hillary and i we like we're obsessed with the ballads but obviously you got to have the fun ones let's you know let's get some out there that people can enjoy for the shows and and bop their heads to as well so yeah i I, i'm really loving um you know your your conversations about writing and i'm and i'm just a i'm a i'm a uh, you know i'm a hack writer myself and so i i try and uh you know take in everything I can, but I, everybody talks about, um, the, um, you know, people like to ask the question, what's the one piece of advice you would give an aspiring songwriter moving to Nashville or an artist trying to break in? Um, I want to know what's the worst advice of that kind <laughs> that you ever oh, got. Gosh. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> and name names. No, don't. No, really. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Gosh, I've had so many bad songs, too. I don't know if I'm one to give much advice. You know, I will say the best advice is just to keep working at it because quantity-wise, like, you'd be surprised how many songs we 
you don't hear of of Lady A or of any artist. I mean, for that first album, that our, our, our first debut album, I mean, we we probably had eighty to a hundred songs we had oh, written. God. Goodness gracious. Um, and and you're only getting to hear about ten of those on the album. So I I, I wish I could say that. I mean, I, I, the best advice is really to st- stay at it. Our advice was to try to write a song every day. Um, gosh, bad advice. I'm trying to think <laughs> if I had any bad advice. Um, I mean, I don't know. I've I've, I've I don't know. But I mean, stick sticking with it and trying to just keep writing and honing your craft. Um, trying. To, I mean, we tried to commit to writing one song every day uh, when we moved to Nashville, and you know, it, it, you took a lot of bad songs. I mean, there's just really, really some bad songs that like don't make any sense, and none of the lyrics tie together, and none of the melodies really repeat. You know, um, but yeah, after a while, you kind of sort of hone your craft a little bit and sort of understand kind of what you know what we do as a trio and what we wanted to put out there. So, but man, yeah, we, we will never make an album of the 90 songs that you don't want to hear from the, <laughs> from the record. What's your, if you're in a, if you're in a co-write situation, uh, what's your method for telling somebody in a nice way, dude, that chorus sucks. Uh, <laughs> Cause, like, Cause you're like the nicest guy. Yeah. We're like, give us some, uh, some worst advice. You're like, I don't have anything. You're just yeah. so positive. Yeah. My, I think my go-to phrase is, um, you know, nobody's doing that right now. You know, nobody's doing that. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. it. Oh, that's the line. Oh, like if it's like a, you know, you, you someone plays like a really weird off the wall chord that feels terrible. I'm, you know, nobody's really doing that right now. Now, now wait you know? a minute. He started this with, "Hey, I like what you guys are doing." Nobody's really doing this right now. <laughs> Subtly, he's like, "Now wait a minute. Are you? That's fine. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I, I may be. I'm guilty of being passive aggressive. That's just my personality. <laughs> that's type. awesome. But, yeah, that's wonderful. How do you know when you're in a session? How do you make that decision? I need to. Speak up about this, or or I wonder if I let this go, if it'll fix itself eventually. Surely they'll realize this is terrible. Man, there's a great. I feel so lucky, and I'm not. This is not just a um, you know, kind of kissing up kind of comment. I am so lucky that the vibe that we share, the mutual respect I share for Charles and Hillary, and I. I mean, we have this incredible working relationship where the three of us all bring different strengths uh, to the table, different perspectives. But it just works. I mean, that we all really, at the end of the day, love the same kind of music. I mean, look, let's call it what it is. I don't think we would have been able to survive as a band 15 plus years if we didn't absolutely love each other, respect what each other does, brings to the table. Um, so there's a great mutual respect. And so we really value each other in that in that space. If you're in the studio and I hear Charles going, ah, I just, I, it's, I, don't, it's, I don't like that. It's not my thing. I'm like, I totally get that. You know, let's move on from it. Let's try something different. And same with Hillary uh, from a writing standpoint, from a production standpoint in the studio. So I think there's a real beautiful kind of thing happening in our relationship where we it's a give and take. Um, and, and me as well, too. They trust me a lot in the studio because that's really where my my kind of heart and my head lives is really. I mean, I have a basement studio, which is where I am right now talking to you guys. And, and I got all I love playing with my gear and recording and messing around with all my software and coming up with ideas all day long. So that's really my happy place too. So we all kind of trust each other in different spaces, but I mean, it's just a risk. It comes from a respect for each other. It comes from a love from what each other brings to the table where it makes it actually kind of easy. We really don't have those sort of like blowups, like I'm leaving unless the drum part changes. I mean, we really don't. We really don't have any anything like that in our band uh, whatsoever. So we feel pretty lucky. We feel really lucky with that. Well, I got a respect and a relationship tie-in. So you got married April 14th, 2012. So we'll talk yes. relationship here. I got married April 11th, 2012. 
And oh, nice. Our date was actually April 14th, but my wife always <laughs> wanted to get married on a Wednesday. So we got weird. We were torn between those two dates. So being as oh I, I'm the veteran in this uh, relationship thing, <laughs> I got you by three days. I'm just kidding. But, uh, What's it like? Tell me what married life is really <laughs> I'm just, like. I'm just kidding. But um, also, friend of the show, Dave Barnes, sang at your wedding. So He did. Uh, he for- did. And he is... Oh, he's such a dear friend. Yeah, thank you, JP. And yes, congrats on um, what are we at now? I guess uh, we're at eight. We're coming years. up, coming up on number nine and two. Yeah, coming up on uh, well, nine. Depending on All when right. we release this, yeah. So don't maybe, t- maybe we, yeah, maybe we should do like a joint anniversary. Let's do it. Uh, oh, party together. Yeah, I would. But, um, uh, I would definitely up my clout if uh, if uh, the four of us hung out. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Dave Barnes sang at my wedding. So um, my wife uh, in Nashville before we were engaged and married, she was really good friends with Dave's wife Annie Barnes. Um, and so when we got engaged, we got to know the Barneses pretty well. And I was actually a real big fan of Dave's and I told him that a couple times and probably creeped him out, but <laughs> I really, I really, man, wore out his records. The production that Ed Cash put together on his records and the songs he was writing. I mean, it, it's incredible music. Um, and I've always loved what he did and got to know him and he was way funnier and kinder in person. He's been such a great dear friend over the years and we actually stay in touch, um, probably week to week, uh, kind of checking on each other, but yeah, he sang at our wedding. He, um, he did God gave me you at our wedding. Um, and Annie Barnes was in our wedding and we had a string section playing along to Dave and singing God gave me you at this outdoor wedding outside of Nashville, um, on a beautiful, beautiful day in April. So yeah, it was a really, really sweet time. And, um, man, just a special, special friend there. That's so cool. Really went for the low hanging fruit there with God gave me you. (laughs) (laughs) Dug deep in the deep cut uh, there. That's got me. That immediately, though, got me thinking about if I could have one person sing a song that they wrote at my wedding, who would oh, it have man. been? That's, that's going to be that's a sidebar for when, another day. Yeah, when that's we hang one. up, that's I'm going to start writing that's down a, some ideas on that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, Dave, you've been, you've been great. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. There is one question that we ask everybody that comes on, so and then we'll let you enjoy your day. But you're on tour either uh, with Lady A or flying solo, whatever you're doing. You go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine. Um, I get a Three Musketeers bar when i was growing up my mom said you could have any candy bar you want that's the most ounces uh of any candy bar mm. so i would get a three musketeers what is your gas station snack food of choice well don't sleep on sunflower seeds now okay. Okay. Those, yeah. there you go those for the for the time for the money for the time you're gonna put into that sunflower seed bag I mean, you're, you're going to be working on that bag for the next six hours driving down to Florida yeah. for your vacation. So get you a big old bag of David's Sunflower Seeds and maybe something sweet like some Sour Patch Kids to kind of top it off. But that would probably be my go-to. Well, I grew That's- up playing baseball, so everybody had Sunflower Seeds. Like, that was the thing <laughs> that they did. And uh, one of the moments I got made fun of the worst in my life. Um, I just finished sliding into second, came back in. I'm filthy. And uh, I wanted some sunflower seeds. And I was like, hey, coach, I was like, just drop the bag, you know, just just drop some in my mouth. He's like, I'm not putting sunflower seeds in your mouth. He's like, you can get a little dirty in there. So uh, so good call on the sunflower seeds. That's another that's, one. That's, that's very practical. Again, yeah, I mean, practical. we go back to yeah. it. It's, Practicality, that's right. It really is. It's about the value over time, you know. <laughs> Make it, it last. Think about it. Eat yeah. one well, a mile. I mean, Drag it out. Yeah. You amortize those sunflower seeds. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's good. wow. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, man, thanks so much for joining us. This has been a blast. Um, and thanks to Dave Barnes, who actually, he, he you know, hooked us up uh, together. We yeah. always love him. And he's been a, a tremendous friend of the show since, uh, since he's been on with us. 
Um, and so we really appreciate this, you know, connection here. This has been so much fun, Dave. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Uh, I know you said you've only done like three of these, but uh, hopefully you got something new out of this that uh, you may not get other places. So we've enjoyed. No, I, I mean it when I say it. I know. I know you said we're off there. So, but but yeah, seriously, dude. Like a lot of what we do is radio land of like here they are with boxers or briefs. Okay, back to <laughs> break. You know, so to to talk about the music and the videos and stuff. Thank you, man. I, it's 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 a, it's refreshing. It's very refreshing. So thank you. That's awesome. That made our day. You just, made our yeah, day. just made our day. I have two ringback uh, tones now that I can use. Oh, there you go. That there just made us, We just shared a wistful glance with each other when you said that. So, uh, that's great. Thanks, Dave. Well, we'll awesome. be in touch, yeah. man. Thank you so much. You got it, man. Nice to meet you guys. Right, same Talk here. Thanks. Thanks. Yep. All the best. Bye-bye. This is the Great Song Podcast. Yeah, buddy. Man, that was fun. Season 8, Episode 1. Dave Haywood. That's the right song to start off the season with, too. Yeah. We debate, we always debate which ones we open with and where we put some order on That's this. Right. But after discussing it, it was like, come on, this is the yeah. one. Uh, about about three weeks into the break between seasons, you guys almost got this phone call from us. You know what I mean? We were like, hey, listen, listen, <laughs> listen, we just we just need to put out a new episode so bad. <laughs> we miss you. Um, what are you doing right now? I'm drinking you know? some coffee. Are you are you with another podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's funny so uh yeah man this is a lot of fun dave haywood thanks so much for coming on uh it was it was really a lot of fun getting to talk to him and and uh, getting to hang out for a little bit so uh we hope you guys are doing well and uh season eight has officially begun the starter pistol has fired and we are off to the races oh, dude and we're you, coming to blazing yes we are i can't wait to uh get some of these episodes in your ear holes so we'll be back next week let's do it again we'll catch you next week with another great song until then i'm rob i am jp go listen to some music